Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's going on, USG fam? Welcome back to another episode of The Uncommon Podcast. I'm excited to be joined by two very special guests, Jonathan Isaac and Amanda Robinson. I'm sure most of you listening are familiar with Jonathan and his career in the NBA with the Orlando Magic, but I'm willing to bet that you are not familiar with the impact that Amanda Robinson has had on the life of Jonathan Isaac. Amanda spent nine seasons at Florida State University in a variety of athletic training roles, and presently is the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Performance at Tulane University. During Amanda's nine years at Florida State, she was able to have a lasting impact on Jonathan's life, and that's what we'll center our conversation around today. Jonathan and Amanda, it's a pleasure to have you both on the podcast. Thank you. For having us. Awesome. And Jonathan, I want to start with you. Basketball has played a vital role in your life, and sports for both of you have been intertwined within your life story. For our listeners, the story is much the same. How did you both know that sports was what you wanted to pursue within your careers? Uh, for me, honestly, basketball kind of, I don't want to say it fell in my lap, but um, it was just something that I liked to do when I was younger and I just kept playing it. I didn't, I didn't have any like goals per se of like, I'm going to make it to the NBA. This is what I'm going for. I want to go to college. I just like to play the game. I, I think I kind of fell in love with it early, but just more as a recreation. Um, and I just kind of just went from kind of level to level progressively, um, even in school, like, you know, I was, I was a decent student, but I wasn't thinking about a career about like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a, a, you know, a teacher or, or, or something else? I, I just, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. I just played basketball and kind of just had fun with it. And next thing you know, I looked up and I was, you know, being recruited and it was like, okay, so this, this is the next step. And, and then I got to the NBA. It's amazing. Amanda, for you. Yeah, for me, uh, I, I grew up uh, in a family where both my parents were uh, student athletes. And so they, they they instilled sports into me at, a, at an early age. And so uh, just growing up on, on and playing on little teams here and there, I did anything from cheerleading to swimming to volleyball. And so I just had a love for sports um, at, at all times. And, and um, just my parents knowing the the impact that sports can have on you as 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 you're a developing child. And um, I, I think that's why it's been such a, uh, an, an integral part of my career choices. Um, it's just something that I love and I'm passionate about. And so um, basketball just happened to be that avenue where I was able to make a big impact. But um, I, that's what I also love about the, the position that I have here at Tulane. Hmm. Thank you both for sharing. And I think what's really familiar to our listeners is that sports can be a platform um, to really walk in your faith and live that out. And um, I think we often think of like, you work in ministry, you're a pastor, or or you do something overseas, or you work for an athlete's in action type. And and those are obviously very important positions, but you can do ministry right 
where you are in your career in sports as well. And Amanda, it's evident that your faith in Christ is married to your career as an athletic trainer, especially in Jonathan's book. What led you to feel confident in wearing your faith on your sleeve, so to speak, in your work? Um, and it's something I don't even look at as, as being confident to, to do that because it's just part of who I am. Um, I, I think um, maybe what, what led me to, to really extend that invitation to Jonathan specifically was just um, knowing his struggles that he, he kind of shared through his book and uh, knowing that I'm attacking this from a medical standpoint, but mm-hmm. I know uh, as, as well-being of, of anyone, there's a spiritual aspect as mm-hmm. well. And so um, as a caregiver, uh, I, 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 I apply what I know from school, but then I also apply what I know from my personal relationship with Christ. Um, and I could see that there was an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really kind of what led me to extend that invitation to, to Jonathan um, to kind of round out um, essentially the care that he's given, uh, he's, mm-hmm. he was being given. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that's, uh, that's just part of who I am. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's really kind of what led me to, to, to extend that invitation. That's so amazing. And, and Jonathan, for you, I know part of your story is growing up in a Christian home and, and faith was something that was valued within your family, but share with us, what did your relationship with Christ look like during those early years at Florida State prior to Amanda inviting you to church? Uh, it, honestly, it didn't look like much. Um, for me, growing up in, in church, it was more it was more of just a traditional thing. You know, I kind of understood um, kind of barely, you know, why my parents went to church, why they wanted us to read, read the Bible, why they wanted us to memorize scriptures. But it was just a it was a surface thing for me. You know, God was real, but it was just, it was, it was traditional. It was just something that we did. Um, and so as I, as I grew up and basketball started to kind of take over my life and I'm, I'm not in, I'm not at my house anymore. Cause I, I kind of left pretty early to go to IMG Academy and, uh, I ISB in Fort Lauderdale. So I was out of the house by like 16. Mm. And so I started to get around other hoopers and, you know, we all had our eyes kind of set on a life. You know, what is it to be a man in this culture? What is it to be successful in this culture? Um, and that's what that's what we kind of rode with. Um, even though as I as I grew up and I kind of had this vision of you know, the man that I wanted to become, and that was kind of the vision that every all of us basketball players had, I can tell it didn't really fit me um personally, but I still was pursuing it. So when I got to Florida State, I was in I was in my, you know, the, the teammates clicked and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to do everything that everybody else was doing. But I did have a strong sense of not it just not being for me or being who I was to participate in, you know, the nightlife and the fun and all those things. But I definitely still went along with it. But Christ was just a it was a what's the right it was I would say it was more of a, a an afterthought for me. You know, when when games were bad, when I had bad practices, when I felt uh uh, when I felt bad about some of the things that I was doing or did, I would go back. I would be okay. I know I gotta repent. I know I gotta, you know, change my music up a bit. Listen to some Christian music. Delete some songs from my phone. Um, but I would find myself always creeping back to wanting to be a part of everything that everybody else is doing. Mm. I appreciate you both sharing. I think those perspectives are really, really powerful for our listeners to hear, Amanda, what you were going through and just how you were a leader in your position. And also, Jonathan, for you, what what was your mindset in your faith journey? And, you know, Amanda, I think for our listeners, the challenge 
for them is obviously you didn't just walk up to Jonathan one random day and not know him and be like, Hey, you want to go to church? Like it was, it was a relationship that was built over time. So share with us, what was that process like to build that relationship with Jonathan and for him to trust you in that process? Yeah, I would say even the, my invitation to, to um, bring him to church didn't even happen until the last couple months that he was even at, at Florida State. So we really kind of, mm. as an athletic trainer, we're very involved, you know, with, with our, our student athletes, um, some on a daily level and with Jonathan, it was a, a daily level. Um, and so I, it was, you know, just taping his ankle every day. And uh, I mean, whether he needed to come in and get stressed or I needed to teach him how to do something because he was very naive when he came in. Um, there, there were a lot of interactions there to where we built the relationship. Uh, but there was, there was, I think one thing that we really bonded over was music. Um, and so when I, uh, I have to take athletes to various doctor's appointments for whatever reason, um, and there are a couple times where he'd be in my car and I'd just be playing my music and just kind of be on shuffle and he'd say, what do you know about that song? And I'm like, what do you know about that song? And so, uh, I'd start some of my gospel music would mix in there. It was usually mm. old school R and B or gospel. That's essentially like what my music was. And so mm. we kind of started to bond over that. Um, and, and he'd kind of bring up songs or, or, um, we just have those moments, uh, especially when they were. There were kind of these one-on-one treatment sessions or what have you where we would just talk but again it wasn't it wasn't even anything where um you know i, w- I was really uh trying to to get at him and say you know I, I didn't know all of what he was doing in his personal life and i i try to make that a point with my student athletes as well uh, to where they feel safe and in an environment um, that i care for them mm. but he was just always so open with me um and so his openness allowed me to kind of slide in there and, and, and make that, um, make that invitation. But, um, I think that with him, um, we definitely connected on a different level. Um, it was, uh, a, a lot of the issues of anxiety that he was going through. Um, it was myself and, and one of our other coaches, um, coach Gates, who he shared in his book. Um, those were the two essentially that were kind of in his corner. So I knew him on a deeper level than most people did. Um, and also, you know, that was part of that relationship building aspect as well. But from a scientific, you know, standpoint of me trying to provide the best care for him and, and take him to all these specialists and whatnot, um, kind of like he was saying, there's something missing, right? And so yeah. uh, I, I think there was, it was literally just one day, you know, I offered him and his, and his roommate, uh, do you want to come to church with me? Because mm-hmm. that's something that I... I invite everyone to church, but they didn't have a car back then. So I said, do you want me to take you to church? And so um, making that invitation, didn't think anything of it, didn't think it was going to make you know, a major impact on his life. But I, I did know that opening that door mm-hmm. was, was that, that piece that he was missing. Um, and you could just tell in the way that he walked mm-hmm. that he, he didn't quite fit, you know, the mold that he was kind of being, uh, you know, molded into. Uh, and I and I could see that, and so um, I'm I'm glad that that invitation allowed him to really become more of himself and and find that missing piece that he didn't realize was missing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a long road that led to me even um, making that that request of him to join me with that church. But mm. um, yeah, it, it's all about relationship building, um, and that's kind of my my dad is a pastor as well, mm. actually, and so wow. um, he. 
in his walk in life, he he never really tells anyone that he's a minister or pastor. He just kind of builds relationships, and then it comes out later. And and those um, he's been able to connect with a lot of people that mm. initially would be um, you know hesitant to 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 connect with a Christian in this walk of yeah. life. But when you make that relationship ahead yeah. of time, the rest takes care of itself. And that's typically how I, yeah. I go about um, building relationships. And that's exactly what happened with Jonathan. Mm. It's amazing, Amanda. And, and truly you see the power of building authentic relationships. I think it's easy walking with Christ to kind of want to make it a quick stop of like, Hey, I need to share my faith with this person. But after I share it, I'm just going to move on and be done. Um, I think there's an element of building those deep relationships that's so valuable. And I think about the story of Zacchaeus, um, of, of Jesus inviting him to, you know, in for a meal, um, or, or actually inviting himself to, to his house um, for a meal, and then Zacchaeus actually repenting after that relationship being built and developed. So um, it's pretty awesome to hear you guys' story. And Jonathan, I, I want to ask you now, it's evident that you trusted Amanda enough to, to listen to her and follow her lead and, and actually go to church with her. What was it about her demeanor that led you to develop that trust? And how can, in your opinion, other present leaders within sport do the same for their athletes? You know, um, she she's very modest uh, in the way that she goes about, you know, talking about it. But honestly, she she made it very easy um, in the sense that I, I just thought Amanda was so cool. You know, I, I thought she was so genuine. It was quick for me to recognize that she cared about me in a way that was either uh, deeper than, uh, you know, other, other stuff. I, I was, I was used to, you know, for me, the problem was I was not ready for, uh, you know, being the big man on campus or having that kind of identity attached to me. I wasn't prepared for it mentally. Um, and so I got, I had gotten good at, you know, being able to play the role in a sense of, you know, being able to have walls up with other people and, you know, I'm fine. I'm okay. You know, I, you know, I, I just kind of figured it out as I went. Um, but with Amanda, it was, it was easy, especially as time went on and just spending time with her. Like she talked about bonding over music. It was easy to kind of just let those walls down and be, and be honest, especially as some of the stuff started to happen on campus with, you know, having panic attacks and things like that. It was easy to kind of run to her in those moments because I knew that it was genuine. I knew that she wasn't going to judge me. Um, in any way. So it, it was, it, it was just easy. It was easier than anybody on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I would say for any, for any other, you know, people that are working in college or, or anywhere, really, it really is about just your level of care and, um, you know, you truly caring about the person at the end of the day. And, you know, people may not open up to you at the moment that you show that you care, but when they need someone who cares, they know who to go to. And so, um, you know, I had plenty of conversations with a man about just what was going on in my head, how I was feeling, especially when I started to, you know, get on anxiety meds and, and started to be able to kind of work off of them towards the end of the season. But, um, yeah, I was just in a rough place. You know, I was kind of in a whirlwind of everything that was going on. Everything was moving fast. And Amanda and Coach Gates were kind of that uh, uh, kind of like peace in the storm that when I, mm. when I could let everything out, when I could just cry and I, I would feel so much better afterwards. Mm. I got on this weird, like, I got on this weird routine of like starting the beginning of the game and like, uh, you know, playing terrible and just crying my eyes out at halftime um, with Amanda, with Coach Gates. And then boom, my second half, I was like, I was like, nothing ever happened. All the anxious energy and everything kind of was gone. Um, and I was able to kind of be myself. And so uh, Amanda was just there. She was just there. She was cool. She was genuine. Uh, she was funny. You know, we, we laughed all the time. 
and it was just it was just easy it was just easy when 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 the time needed when i needed somebody who you know who cared for me it was easy to go to amanda because she, she made it easy absolutely i think the thing that stands out to me from both of you in sharing is that your roles were bigger than basketball you know jonathan for you the struggles you were you were going through you needed someone more than a coach that was just new x's and o's right you needed someone who was there in the relational and the emotional and and, and the things that were going on underneath um, and just the struggles, right? And Amanda, for you, right, obviously you, you have a, a wealth of knowledge in your field and you're very successful at it, um, but there's something deeper to your job that goes beyond the taping the ankles. It, it goes into relationships. So, um, you know, I think that really is what I want to highlight from you guys and for our listeners is when you're in these roles, right, you're given opportunities to impact. Even if you're a graduate assistant, student manager, a video coordinator, you have an opportunity um, to really have that impact. So I appreciate you both sharing. I want to say, I do want to say real quick, like yeah. it wasn't even so much like, you know, she didn't preach to me in a sense of like, you know, she didn't like, you know, quote me a Bible scripture or text me a Bible scripture. It was just, uh, it, it was, it was just like, it was just the care factor. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, I think people sometimes it gets, it gets, uh, it gets misrepresented that only way to minister is to present the gospel or to share the word of God. But it's like, if you know that somebody is, um, you know, struggling, I don't know, like taking somebody out to lunch, like, and, and just making it a conversation, like not just making it cool, you know, checking on you. How are you? How's everything going? And, and people realize that you're there for more than just what they can offer you or what, um, or anything like that, that you're there for a real genuine reason. And so even, even in my life today, like, I don't, I try my best to, like Amanda was talking about, develop those real deep relationships to show people that I care about you on a personal mm -hmm. level before, you know, slapping you with a Bible verse that, you know, contradicts the way that you live your life. Um, mm -hmm. And so that, that's that's how I came to Christ at the, at the end of the, you know, Amanda was a part of planting those seeds. But, you know, when I truly came to, you know, repentance, it was because somebody walked me through what the love of God really looked like. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't telling me it immediately it was walking with me through some of the hardest times and then i was able to, to identify that christ's love is a love that is unconditional and so so yeah that's so good jonathan i appreciate you sharing that i think that is very uh, valuable advice for our listeners too I, I think there is a pressure as well to feel like if i have a conversation that doesn't lead to gospel right, being right. shared or a change then, then somehow i failed in that conversation that is not the case at all you think about all the interactions jesus had how many were actually those deep core elements of what he was going to do on the cross and who he was. Very few of them led to that, right? And so I think we can imitate his nature and, and just live out our witness, right? And, and that often leads to those those conversations naturally. So great point, Jonathan, and I couldn't have said it better. That's, that's very well said. And Amanda, there's so much value in, in staying connected to people you are ministering to. And obviously you and Jonathan are still connected as, as we're having this podcast right now. How did you how did you go about continuing that ministry to, to, to Jonathan after that initial invite um, to church and afterwards? Yeah, I, I think um, it just it was part of that relationship. So you, you've built a relationship already. And 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 when it's a good, solid relationship, you, you keep it going. And so um, mm -hmm. throughout, you know, his, his process of, of getting drafted and even kind of training pre-draft. Uh, and I, I was still there because it's not like. You know, you, you declare for the draft and all your problems go away. Uh, and so he was kind of still leaning on his support group that he had had, had built. Um, and so I was still very involved in, in that aspect. But um, beyond that, I, I think it's just, um, you know, it, it's just something about 
the presence of God that just allows you to, to stay connected. And so when you're, uh, you know, when you're just surrounded by that, that spirit filled, um, uh, the spirit filled relationships, um, even if it's just a text here or there, you know, that, that, that foundation that you've built is, is always there. And, and as Jonathan kind of talked about, you know, me planting a seed, uh, even when my, my dad would preach and he'd always say, you know, you don't see a big oak tree appear overnight. There's a process that, that, mm. that leads to that. And so, totally. um, you know, whether my interactions with him was just preparing the soil for that seed or actually planting the seed, or maybe I was watering that seed that was already there, knowing that you have, um, you know, you have a, a role in, in cultivating um, someone's relationship with Christ. And, and that's um, a, a really important role that I, I don't take for granted. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, you know, continuing that relationship beyond his time at Florida State, um, you can definitely tell that there was at least a sprout coming out of the ground Amen. as far as his relationship with Christ. And so um, just building on the relationship. How are you doing? Uh, there was even a point where I'm actually from Orlando. So I was really happy when he got drafted to the Magic. Yeah. Um, and I, I got to visit him, you know, when I was there visiting my family and just Again, continuing that that relationship as I do with all of all of my athletes. When oh wait, wait, wait. I got I gotta, and man, I gotta tell them too. When, oh, when, when a man came to Orlando, um, we went out to breakfast. We went to Kiki's, and uh, um, she came to my uh, into my apartment. So I had just moved in. There's like nothing in my apartment. I'm living like a, a I don't even know what to call it. Like there's just a couch. There's like no dishes, no groceries, or anything <laughs> like that. She's like, "What are you doing?" I had like a, uh, I had like a stomach bug at the time too. So she went out to, uh, uh, I don't know if she had Walgreens or CVS or something like that and yep. brought back some medication for me while I was home. And so just, just stuff like that. Like it was, it was, it was always evident to me that Amanda cared about me. And again, just making it easy. And then back to your point about, um, how there is a pressure when it comes to being a Christian that if you're not the person that leads the person to Christ or, or finalizes that relationship, then you in some way failed in one way or another. But just showing the love of God makes and then you know an impeccable difference on people's lives because they don't get to experience it on a daily basis. People don't get to experience a love that just like just I care about you. If you're sick, I'll, I'll get something. If you need me, I'll be there. People don't get to experience that all the time. And so just showing that act of kindness, you don't know that you're planting a seed or you don't know that you're pushing that person towards Christ. Um, but I think there really is that kind of stigma of you know if, if i don't share the gospel if i don't tell the person about jesus then i missed out on an opportunity and also so being if if someone's hungry you're there to feed them if they need a, a drink of water you're, you're there to provide the water and so i think in that moment coming back to that that uh, interaction that we had when he was sick uh you know i got him some medicine to calm his stomach and uh, looked around the house and said, well, make sure you eat some bread and crackers, you know, until you kind of get over this. I look in his fridge. All he has is a cake that says, welcome to Orlando and a jug of milk. And I said, this is not going to work. <laughs> so I get this guy just got drafted, you know, lottery pick. But being who who he needed in that moment, that was also part of the ministry, right? Like just making sure uh, that, you you know, you're, you're cared for just as Christ would do. I mean, mm. he he, he he walked this earth um in in the most humble way possible and so i i think it's important for us to to emulate that you know um and and so that yes that is all part of part of the ministry as well whether i intend it to be or not absolutely no, it's, it's great to, it's great to hear that from both of you and i think of 
when you work in sports, right, you're, you're there to serve. That's the whole point, right? It's, it's to serve the athletes, it's to serve the game, it's to serve the organization. And I think oftentimes we can think that serving is, is a bad thing or like it means that you're not successful or because you have to go and, and buy the water for the road trip, it means somehow you're not worthy. And I think the beautiful thing about following Jesus is that when we get chances to serve and, and kind of as you mentioned, Amanda and, and Jonathan, that when Jonathan was sick, you went out and, and bought him meds, like that that may seem like a menial task, but it had a, a lasting impact, right? And out of all the things you did for him, it's, it's the one thing he mentioned on this podcast. And so, you know, I think about servitude as really the the way Christ lived and how, and how young people in sports who are listening to this and in their roles should also live. And I think it really does speak to, to who we follow and who we know. Um, so it's very well said from both you and, and Jonathan, I want to transition to you now. I think What's so cool about your story is there were multiple points along your journey that really impacted you and, and allowed you to grow closer to Jesus. It wasn't one explosion of a moment, um, but you shared in, in a video that you were impacted by a chapel service that went through uh, Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 46, which says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? What did God do in your life through that message, and how did it change the way you lived out your faith in your career? Yeah, that, that moment for me was like the catalyst to to honestly where I'm at right now. So I had talked about while I was at State, um, I was always in this tug of war of, you know, knowing what was right and, and to a degree knowing what was true. But this battle on the inside of me of I want to fit in. I want to be the image of what everybody, you know, wants me to be. Um, you know, you can't be a, a you can't be, you know, one of the best players and 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 be kind of shy or be kind of reserved. You gotta you gotta get out there. You gotta go to the to the clubs and the stuff like that. I was always in this tug of war in my mind and in my heart. And so, um, even you know, going to church and all that stuff, I definitely started to get more of a foundation with it with Amanda. But it was the same thing when I got to the NBA. It was this this now this new surrounding. I'm I'm with grown men now, and um and still that tug of war of like, okay, I don't know. I want to fit in. I want to be like, I want to do these things. And so um, going to that first chapel service and hearing that verse, I never heard that verse before. And I never heard kind of in, in a way, Jesus be so confrontational of like, you know, like you kind of get in your face a bit. And so it was like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And in that moment, I was able to kind of look at myself and say, you know, that's me. That's me. I I, I I run back to God when things aren't going right. I listen to music when things aren't going right, but I really don't take into account truly what he has to say or really give him a chance at being Lord of my life. I don't know what that even looks like. Mm-hmm. And so from that chapel, I started to, uh, I, I kind of made a decision inside of myself that I'm going to find out if this thing is really true or not. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm if, if, if it's true, I'm going to, because if somebody would have asked me around that time if I was a Christian, I would have said yes but I wasn't living like one. So I was like, okay, it's either I'm going to drop the Christian label altogether or I'm going to be both feet in. And so I started getting into all types of apologetics, you know, YouTube, Frank Turek, Robert Zacharias, um, John Lennox, all these different people. Um, I took a course uh, at Biola University that like an online uh, Christian apologetics class. Like I was, I was in it. I'm like, I'm going to figure, so I'm learning about all these different arguments um, and it definitely got me closer to truly believing that there was a God. But mm-hmm. that that moment ushered me into, you know, what actually led me to Christ, me- meeting some random guy on an elevator. And he said to me, I can tell you how to be great. And I'm like, how, man? Tell me how to be great. He's like, you got to know Jesus. I'm like, I know Jesus. And it's a long story. You got to get the book to really get the, the 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 understanding of it, why I stand on, on, you can get it on Amazon. But just that 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 moment of being in that chapel 
goes back to the moment of being with a man. It all kind of leads up to each other um, into what into where I truly made a decision that I want Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and to be Lord of my life. It's amazing to hear that, Jonathan. It's, it's so powerful of a one verse, one trip to church, right? One ask to, to go with you to church, right? It can really do. And, you know, Amanda, for you, I, I just love to hear, how does it make you feel looking at Jonathan now and the platform he's he has and what he's used um, in, in just that one invite to church? How does that make you feel of, of your role in his journey? I'm, I'm incredibly proud of him and, and what God has done in his life. Um, there's still the part of me that just, he, he was one of my student athletes and I just have a really good relationship and uh, he's one of my kids, as I say. And so I, um, I'm just proud of the man that he's become, but also knowing that I was just obedient to Christ and, and um, you know, him laying that on my heart and me following uh, his call to, to invite him to church. But um, I'm just a vessel and, and that's kind of, how I, I look at it. Um, but I'm, I'm just so, I'm so incredibly proud of the man that he is and the leader that he is. Um, and he was extremely influential with his teammates as well. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's something that, um, some of those that came behind him would, would talk to me about, mm. um, you know, his journey and, and, yeah. uh, whether he knew it or not, there, there were quite a few that came through Florida state, uh, that were very um, inspired by his journey. Um, and so, you know, I, he, he has made a, a tremendous impact, whether he knows it or not, uh, on my life as well and, and how I'm able to, to navigate through the relationships that I have with, with those that have come behind him. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really how I see myself in all this, just, just a vessel, and, and that's what I, um, I will continue to be. It's hmm. amazing, Amanda. And I love your humility, right, to know that you know, God uses us as vessels, right? He works through us. And I think about the parable of the sower, Amanda, and you know, how, how the good soil produces the crop. And, and I think that's exactly what happened in, in your story and Jonathan's. And, you know, Jonathan, you did mention your book, um, Why I Stand. And I did want to you know, talk a little bit about um, the really the highlight of your story of when you became an internet phenomenon of 2020, when you chose to stand um, in the bubble. Kind of walk us through just that decision. Obviously, it was probably a difficult decision, and there was a lot going on in the media at that time. Just walk us through why you felt so compelled to stand. Well, I, I felt so compelled to stand because of just kind of hearing, you know, kind of the tone and the rhetoric of everything that was going on. Um, I understood the the pain and the sentiment of the moment that everybody was going through. But I also understood that there was a solution that was unique to me. And I had an opportunity to share that solution. Um, and so during that time, obviously, you know, George Floyd's tragic death um I was just trying to figure out, you know, how do I fit into this? You know, is, is do I need to say anything at all? Do I need to kind of just ride out how everything was going? And we kind of get in the bubble. And this moment is really placed on me in the sense of, you know, everybody's going to kneel. Everybody's going to wear the Black Lives Matter t-shirt. And I knew, you know, in my heart that I didn't want to align myself with the Black Lives Matter organization because of just kind of the way that everything was going on. And, um, and back to just looking out into our world and saying, okay, that, you know, there are so many things that plague our society outside of racism, not di diminishing it, but what is, what can truly make the difference holy, you know, holistically, not just in racism, but in everything. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was a relationship with Christ. Yeah. And so kind of in tandem with my pastor and talking to him about it and just being like, man, like, I, 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 I think I want to, I want to stand and him kind of encouraging. If you stand for God, God will stand for you. I made that decision to say, 
you know, I, you know, I have my own solution and I was terrified. I was, I was scared out of my mind, um, you know, about the backlash, about what other people were going to say, you know, obviously because I'm black and just how that entire moment was going to play out. But I just said, you know, I, I trust you. And, and at the end of the day, this isn't about me. This isn't about black and white. This is just about lifting up your name and showing people that the unconditional love you provide is the thing that can heal our country and heal our world. Mm. And so that's what I share. The, the book just takes you through, you know, that entire journey, you know, you know, the kid I was growing and, and, and to me, the reality of the book speaks to the reality of a real Jesus, because it was this kid who was, you know, struggled with anxiety, struggled with self insecurity, on anxiety medication you know, to play basketball up into, you know, this kid who's willing to stand up for what he believes in when everybody else was going, you know, doing something different, not that they were doing something wrong, but they were doing something different. Mm. And so uh, it speaks to the reality of a transforming relationship, you know, that Christ can give you. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that, Jonathan. And I think really what stands out to me in that story and, and even watching that back in 2020 was your ability to stand for Christ. And I think about Romans 116, it's such a popular verse, but um, being not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of the power of God and, and really resting in that, right, and trusting Him, even though it's hard to make those decisions. And obviously, for you, Jonathan, that's that was a really hard decision that none of us will probably have to make on that scale. Um, but it was really powerful to see. And for both of you, I want to just ask this question: You guys both are in really prominent roles, right, Jonathan in the NBA, Amanda in a really awesome position at Tulane. How do you guys fight the fear of hiding your faith in your workplace? I think that's a challenge for so many young people. Is well, I, I'm a Christian, I go to church with my church friends, and then I get into work, and I feel this anxiety about being open about my faith. How do you guys navigate that in your roles, and, and how can you be open about that and feel comfortable? Just for me, I, I think about a lot of times it goes back to just being authentic. Um, you know, I, I, I think about this a lot, like when it comes to like Instagram, it's my cheesy analogy, but um, you know, on your Instagram is a snapshot of who you are, the life you live, kind of and and people try to their best you know not all the time but to be you know their authentic selves and it's like you know, i i'm not being my authentic self if i am not 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 if i'm not you know yelling the name of jesus to everybody that i come across if i'm not um walking out the tenants and uh you know just w wearing my relationship with him um in a, in a real way that really does impact my life the way that it truly does and so for me it's like i try my best to not preach it per se to everybody that I contact with teammates or anything like that, but to truly live it out. Um, and when I'm truly living it out, there are moments, um, of, 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 of bringing it up. There are moments of having conversations about it. And I've had numerous moments of, you know, not necessarily talking to my teammates about Christ, but when my kids have an issue or going through something, I, ha I had one where, um, I, I won't share the name, but there was a teammate that, you know, for to me was was hostile at the beginning about, you know, my stance or, you know, just who I was and, you know, kind of my switch up from going to the club with them one to to, you know, preaching in church the next week. Uh and and it came to a point later in the season where he had a he had a death family. Um and I was the first person that he called like two o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was it was little things like that where um you know i didn't have to preach to him i was just myself but he knew that i he, he knew that i cared about him mm. he knew that I, I was somebody that was real and that was truly walking out my faith and so um there 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 is always going to be an anxiety about it because i think that's just the enemy's mo to, to 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 make us afraid and to and to fear 
being authentic. But when you do kind of just let that go and just embrace who you are in Christ, embrace what Christ has done in your life and and understand that like a man's position, you don't have to you don't have to preach. You have to live. You have to show the love of God um, in a way that's authentic to you. And and that those moments will come and, and you'll be prepared for them. Yeah. And, and for me, um, I think in, in the role that I had at Florida State being an athletic trainer, I mean, that is a naturally caregiving position. Right. And so um, you, you have to be genuine and authentic when you're when you have people's lives in your hands, essentially. Um, and so that's who I am. That's part of who I am. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that that's my ministry of caring for people. And I think that's why God has put me in this profession um, and, and put me in an, uh, in a position to, to care for the, the physical and mental well-being of student athletes. Um, but there's a, I, I really echo what Jonathan said as far as um, just being authentic and, and true to yourself and, and building those starting off building relationships um with people is is what's going to take this further right mm. um and it's it's really what's gonna um build that trust uh from some for someone who may be hesitant or it's mm. gonna um it's it's gonna um build that foundation for when someone is going through something in the middle of the night you're the one that they call and so i think that's really part of it for me um and and how i just communicate with people and and who i am and then using that as a strength of mine to to share the gospel um but when you make that part of your life and and part of who you are you it, you just do it without thinking about it and, and that's mm. kind of how you know all of this came to be yeah. um I, I care about jonathan i cared about him as, as a student athlete i care about him as as a man now and and um you know, I, I think just that being part of me and who I am um, really kind of echoes it and shows through. So uh, when it comes to building relationships or or being open in my faith, um, people aren't surprised, right? So if I if I if I make that invitation um, to someone at church, it, it's not it doesn't feel confrontational. It it they feel that it's coming from a. a a genuine place of care and and and, and compassion, mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's really important, at least for me, to build those relationships with people, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's how I minister. So well said, my both of you, and I really think our listeners can learn so much from what you guys said. And and there really is that the biggest challenge that young people face as they step into these roles and organizations is, well, I don't have a prominent position, so I don't feel like like I can stand out and I can live out my faith or I can build those relationships. But the truth is you can. And Jonathan, you said it well, Of the, the enemy's MO is to make you uncomfortable in being who you're supposed to be in Christ. And that's really what it is, right? And so you never will feel totally comfortable in walking out your faith and being different. But the reality is, is that when you do, people notice and people will ask you questions and people will call you when they need something or have questions about a, a loss in the family or whatever it is. And so... I just echo what you what you guys said of when you're feeling those those fears they're they're normal they're natural and that's and that's going to be there but the Holy Spirit gives us power right it's not us that that walks in in that it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the strength to do so so appreciate you both on that and the last question I have for you guys is our our young people are are striving to be successful like you both how would you encourage them to both do well in their jobs but also do well in, in serving Christ in the way He's called us to. Yeah, um, I, I think just simply um, verse that I always go back to is what what is it to gain the whole world and to lose your only soul? So for me, at the end of the day, is like, you know, I, I have a, a 
I have a I have an AAU team, um, and you know all, every single one of them want to make it to the NBA. Every every single one of them want to be this you know uber successful basketball player. But the truth at the end of the day is that not everyone are gonna, not every one of them are going to make it. Hmm. You know maybe none of them you know will make it at the end of the day. But that doesn't mean that they don't have value, and it doesn't mean that they're they can't. There is a greatness in a relationship with Christ because there is because that that's the end all be all at the end of the day. It's eternal. And so um, I try my best to instill in them and what their coaches instill in them is that um, you don't you don't want to just be a great basketball player. You want to be a great person. You want to be a great human. You want to be a great you know a b- believer, a person um, that is tied to and connected to Christ at the end of the day. And so obviously work hard, work hard at your craft, be the best at your craft. But if you are super talented, um, but you don't have Christ, you really don't have anything at all at the end of the day. And for me um, to drive my career, I, I really had to lean on Christ. Uh, so I was one that, that worked hard and um, I would say working men's basketball at Florida State was not my ultimate goal. And I actually had a, a different career opportunity that was presented to me prior to me accepting the position at Florida State. But had I not listened to God in that moment, I never would have met Jonathan. We never, you know, we, we would not be on this, this call today. And so um, it's it's really important that Absolutely. You work hard, but also don't lose sight of that, that of that connection with Christ because mm. he's going to lead you where he needs you to be. Um, and so it was, it was really, um, it was, that was an interesting point in my career where I, I really essentially had my dream job. And uh, for some reason, it just wasn't sitting right with me. And I said, I'm, you know, thank you for the opportunity. And I ended up turning it down, but um, I see, this is what God wanted me to do. And he wanted me to be at whatever place at whatever time and not just for Jonathan, for who, mm. who, whomever else. Um, and so it's really important that you work hard, but also let the spirit lead you um, mm. to to where God needs you to be. Absolutely. No, nah, it was just for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe. <laughs> Amanda and Jonathan, I can't thank you both enough for the time today. And, and I really know that our listeners are encouraged by by the story you both have. And um, it's amazing to see the way that God can work through such a simple invitation of Amanda inviting Jonathan to church and to see what happened by planting that seed, Amanda. And Jonathan, for you, of the platform you have and using it for God's glory, I think when we think about sports, we think about platform. I think that's what attracts many people to it is you have the stage, you have the logo and the uniform, and you have fans, and you have the lights and, and all the glitz and the glamour. But the reality is, in Christ, we have a platform because of that. And so I appreciate what you're doing and using that for God's glory. And if you want Jonathan's book, Why I Stand, make sure to get it on Amazon and any other bookstore. I'm sure um, it's definitely well worth the read. So thank you both for your time today. Appreciate you, my man. Not a problem. Thanks you, Amanda. for the invite. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.